this thing on? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a Fat Hockey Show Thursday. We're back, baby. It's the relaunch of THS, live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York and abroad. My name is Paul Cuthbert, and I'll be holding down THS HQ here every week, every Thursday. We'll start things at noon Eastern time and run right up until about 1.30 Eastern time every Thursday. We'll go live next week, obviously taping our pilot show today. And it's not just going to be me, folks. I'm going to be joined by four great guys, four smart hockey guys. Uh, that's Joe Yurden, uh, Tab Bamford, uh, Costa Papalias is going to own us too. And out west will be Steve Palumbo. Joe's going to cover the East Division here. He's based up in Buffalo. He's worked for the uh, Athletic, NHL Network, uh, the NHL, NBC Pro Hockey Talk. Uh, Costa has run Montreal Hockey Talk in the past. He's also a manager with D-Skate Hockey. D-Skate Hockey up in Montreal. We'll talk more about that. We'll introduce these guys to you today and get more information. Tab Bamford is going to be covering the, um, and I'm sorry, Costa is going to be covering the Canadian Division for us, obviously, being up in Montreal. That's going to be great. And Tab Bamford is going to join us as well. He works with the fourth period. He's an author. He does great stuff with baseball as well. But he's going to cover the new Central Division, a little focus on the Hawks, the Blackhawks as well. And we'll be running through that. And then my uh, old-time buddy Steve Palumbo, we're going to go head out west. And he'll be covering the uh, the Western Division there with all the Cali teams and, and the mix of the Midwest teams as well, too. So we're going to have a lot of fun here. Uh, really looking forward to it. Um, Hockey's back, man, and that's just the greatest thing for us. We're really excited about it. Last night, uh, things got started with five games. We'll touch on those games uh, uh, a little later on. Eleven games tonight. A lot of teams just kicking things up. It's it's a new era. It's the uh, the bubble league, you might want to call it, but it's great to see the teams back in their own arenas, back-to-back games for hockey fans. Uh, it's just going to be all over the place, and uh, we can't ask for anything more. Big tip of the hat to Gary Bettman. Uh, the NHL, the NHLPA, everybody involved for um, getting hockey back uh, on the ice. Uh, you know, just a great sled of weekends is going to be coming at you hard, just like THS is going to come at you hard every week. Uh, tons of games. Uh, we got a couple of Lake Tahoe games we're going to be looking at. Um, all kinds of news, some trades, new starts, young players that are going to be uh, uh, kicking things up and, and, and trying to make an impact. A 56-game season, which is also going to be different as well, too. It'll be compact. It'll be quick. Everybody playing within their division. Uh, man, by the time we get to 12, 15 games, uh, you know, where, where teams stand. And then, you know, just launching, you know, what will just be probably a, an all-season-long playoff rush. And we'll have hockey again in the summer, late summer, you know, uh, early July there with the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup again. Uh, and again, congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They opened up last night with a big win. Um, and they uh, they revealed the banner. They didn't, uh, I don't believe they raised it, um, you know, with no fans and stuff. And we'll see what happens with that in terms of the league, how they deal with uh, certain fans coming back. I think down in Florida and Texas, they're going to start there soon. And, and then we'll see how the rest of the league uh, kind of um, – you know, opens the valves up and lets people back, and, and hopefully we all get back to a little bit of normalcy here that we've all been dealing with. Obviously, COVID is the big thing, uh, not only in life, um, and we definitely want to send our respects out to anybody who's been uh, personally affected by it, anybody who's been sick, get well. And um, like I said, just life and sports in general, has uh, it's made a, a huge impact on it, the entertainment industry, everybody. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, with the new year coming aboard and, and the vaccine coming out, hopefully we can kind of get uh, moving back to normal. So if you're a hockey fan, we got a little normalcy back last night. Uh, Flyers played Penguins uh, across town Rollins there last night. Flyers won a big 6-3, won that one. The Leafs and Habs had a wild game last night. Leafs ended up winning 5-4 in OT. Uh, talked about the Bolts. They beat the Hawks 5-1. And then the Canucks 
uh, out west, <clears throat> uh, Coach Green, and they beat the Oilers, man. Everybody's talking about the Oilers, and look at the Canucks, man. Uh, I think they got a great young team, too, and they're going to have a lot of fun this year and some success. I uh, believe they're back at it tonight, back-to-back. Uh, and then the Blues uh, beat the Avs 4-1. And they're home building there, too. And, um, you know, the Avs have probably been picked by a lot of people as being favorites. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. But, uh, look, we're back. Lots to talk about. Tomorrow, uh, some fun stuff here in New York, obviously, with the Rangers and the Islanders kicking things off. Uh, the Bruins and the Devils will be uh, starting as well. Bruins starting without Chara. Obviously, it's a big move. We've got the Hank Lundquist news with uh, you know him having heart surgery, having to retire. Uh, so much stuff going. But I tell you what, why don't we get this show started and let's start off with uh, our good friend, Mr. Joe Yurden. And Joey's joining us from uh, the great state of New York up in Buffalo. Joe, how you doing? Paulie down here. Welcome back to THS, man. Nice to see you again, Paulie. Good to talk to you. Same here, man. You know, you have that distinct Joe Yurden voice, man. It's been a long time, <laughs> uh, and it's just great to hear you. And it's great to be able to talk hockey with you, too, man. And uh, thank you so much for doing this with me and, and really excited about moving forward. So, so happy New Year, bud. How are you doing? What's going on uh, with you personally in terms of well, uh, co- covering the game? And, 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 and let's and we'll get into it. Well, it's... Uh... It's been quiet. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> it's uh, things are things are going a little bit slowly here, but uh, got to do some uh, some preseason writing with uh, the McKeon's yearbook, doing some uh, doing some player profile write ups on the Sabers and uh, a few other teams, Capitals, Devils, in, in amongst the mix. Red Wings wrote a little bit about them too. So a few a lot a lot of bad teams, <laughs> and uh, so maybe some hopefulness with the Sabers. I know I know things uh, things here in Buffalo. Fans are are hopeful that Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall can kind of can kind of make some magic together this year. Are the Sabers even getting a t- taste of the headlines with the with the Bills right now? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. It's uh, it's about ninety percent Bills uh, news here. I think Sabers are getting some notice here because the season is starting, and uh, yeah, I mean, hey, add a, a former MVP and Taylor Hall, people are going to be excited about it, but. Uh, but the, the last nine seasons of missing the playoffs have people very skeptical. And, um, uh, I, I think some of the line combinations Ralph Kruger's put together, uh, below lines one and two have people a little bit anxious, uh, to see how things are going to go. Yeah. Well, if, if, I mean, anxious in a bad way. Let's put it that, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want to delve into you this, uh, this year with the Sabres as they move forward, as far as the fan base and, and all the different things that have happened up in Buffalo for, you know, like you said, the last 10 years here. Uh, hey, look, if there's any good sign, the last time the bills were in the playoffs or getting deep into the playoffs, the Sabres were pretty good, man. Patty law was up there and McGillney and, uh, and Hasek and those guys. So, so maybe, maybe it's a sign of good things with the bills being in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, the last time the last time the Bills won a playoff game was what nineteen ninety five, I think. I think it was ninety five. So yeah, I think that was uh, right around when. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Dominic Hasek. That was uh, that was that was Lafontaine. I think Michael Pecca was was either coming in the the following year or not. It's crazy to think it's been that long for the Bills. And honestly, when it comes to the Sabers, it's it's been almost as long since things were were really riding that high. I mean, I know oh six. 06 and 07 were, were a couple of really big years with uh, Briere and Drury and uh, Ryan Miller. But uh, it, even still, when you think about it, it drives me nuts to think that 2006, that wasn't that long ago. No, actually, Joe, it was it was 15 <laughs> years ago. <I> know. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. 
Yeah, time is flying. As, uh, you know, I mean, I'm an older statesman here at 51, so I'm, I think you're still a young guy, so I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> 10 years behind you, man, so <laughs> right, right, up, right on your heels. <laughs> you're still listening to Matchbox 20, right? I'm still listening to Van Halen, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was never a Matchbox 20 guy, man. No, I, was, I was still listening to Van Halen. I, I've had my, listen, my tastes, my music tastes are about – probably about 10 to 20 years older than I am. So it's, uh, so I, I fit in fine. When, when I worked in radio, I was always more hanging around the, uh, the classic rock station than I was the, uh, the alternative station. The good old days, man. Good old days of radio <laughs> rock. We've got to bring it back here, Joe on THS, man. We'll fire up some tunes, no doubt about it. So look, Joe, in addition to, uh, the Sabres and, and what we're doing today, THS every, obviously is, is just introducing everybody again. And, and obviously with the THS, uh, relaunch here and then, uh, you and the other guys that are going to be hanging out with you on, on Thursday afternoons. But you, you know, you're also, we're also going to be talking about the Eastern Division here and concentrating on what's going on there and, and mixing it up a little bit in addition to the Sabres and stuff. And, and obviously I just wanted to get your, first before we even get into that, I just want to get your take here on the NHL coming back how they put this thing together um what you're excited about and, and and looking forward to and 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 just your general thoughts here on on the league starting back here last night well it's pretty honestly i mean it's been a while it's been a it's been a long while even with the the, the playoffs they did over the summer i mean for the for the handful of teams that didn't get to take part in that it's been a long time i mean i i think about it i can i can think where i was uh, when the, when the season shut down and it was, I mean, that was a bad scene, man. I mean, you know, you think of Rudy Gobert get, you know, getting tested positive and then all sports were just like, Nope, that's it. We're, we're, we're stopping for a while. And, uh, the fact that we got hockey back here is, is pretty nuts. I mean, we we've had the NBA back here and they're starting to hit some bumps in the road. And, you know, I, I think hockey's hockey's already seen a little bit that a little bit of that with the Dallas stars, yeah. uh, you know, the, you know, three quarters of the roster getting, getting hit with it. So, uh, so, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be some hiccups along the way, but, it's wild seeing this seeing this go down now and you know games in empty arenas and um you know teams traveling the the way they've broken down the stuff with the divisions i think i think they're doing as well as they can without doing a bubble i mean it's it's hard to put 31 teams in a bubble you can't really do that but uh but for for, for doing it this way and they've got some pretty stringent rules i think they're doing as well as they can but it's still gonna be really hard yeah, and, and what was your what was your vibe last night? I'm I'm trying. I want to ask everybody just turning the games on last night and watching it again. How'd that feel? Well, I, I tell you, it, it was it was nice to get it kind of kick it kick in the door with the with the Flyers and the Penguins. That was uh, that that was that was a good way to do it because that was uh, that was some nice fly high flying up and down, uh, lots of goals, lots of lots of silliness uh, kind of stuff. That that to me is kind of what you need to to get it started with that. That you know, you, you get that you get you know your Leafs Leafs and Habs going to overtime. You get uh you get your late night, late night games too. So it was it was nice. It was it, it was nice. It was a little bit of like a like a warm blanket to get that uh, to get that back. <laughs> and for us hockey fans, who we can't go out anymore, right? So it's, it's great to have <laughs> yeah. all this stuff to watch. I mean, depending on what your relationship is with your wife, or your girlfriend, or your, your partner, or anything like that. I mean, you look, it's a Friday night tonight. There's eleven games on. I mean, that's just that I don't think has happened in so long. Usually, uh, you know, NHL schedules in the past are heavy on Saturdays or Tuesdays, you know, and and Thursdays. So we got a, a Friday night, just mecca of insane games tonight. And obviously, I think uh, the Canucks Oilers is the first back to back. I'm not even sure what the other back to backs are, but uh, just a slew of games here to look forward to. It's crazy. So, look, you know, you brought up the uh, the Flyers and the Pens there. What do you think of the gameplay? And then um, maybe just get your take here looking at this division here with the Bruins, the Sabres, obviously, Devils, 
Islanders, Rangers, Caps, and Pens. I think that <laughs> I think that division is is evil, <laughs> honestly, because uh, the way that it shapes up. I mean, it, you, you're getting part of the the Metro division from last year. You're getting most of the Metro division, you know, apart from Columbus and Carolina there. But um, that's a lot of that's a lot of competition. That's a lot of young legs too. When I when I look at, you know, the Sabers are, you know, they're a really young team. The Rangers are a really young team. Uh, you know, even with what the Devil, you know, the Devils may not be very good, but they're really young. Um, and then you got your kind of veteran teams with the Caps and 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 you know Philly to a degree, uh, and Pittsburgh certainly. But but man, it's yeah, it's going to be really hard for teams that are that are not part of like that old playoff guard. You know your Pittsburghs and your Washingtons. It's going to be really tough for some of these teams to really break through. You know because I know in Buffalo they're they're thinking like let's just get the playoffs. Let's try to get through there. But you try to figure out how they're going to get to fourth. And you got to deal with Boston. You got to deal with Philly. You got to deal with Pittsburgh. You got to deal with Washington. You got to deal with the Islanders. You know that's that's really hard. It's a really hard road ahead of them. And you're hoping that with a short season you can catch some heaters. Buffalo, the last two years, their first like 50, 50 games of the year, they were sitting pretty after fifty, and then the last thirty, you know, the the the, the floor drops out. So. They're hoping that they can kind of kick it off the same way. And I'm sure teams like the Devils are hoping that Mackenzie Blackwood can get back in, can get back in his form that he showed at the end of last year where he looked outstanding. Um, and the Islanders, you know, they're going to want to lock everybody up. They're going to want to play it tough um, and capitalize on mistakes. The Rangers are hoping the young legs can push them through and uh, Panarin can go wild. Um, and, you know, Pittsburgh, you got to deal with Crosby and Malkin. Philly's. You know, you got Couturier, you got Carter Hart, you got those guys. They're, you know, they looked really good last night. Um, and Washington, you got Ovi. <laughs> like, you know, you got Ovi, you got Peter Laviolette. So it's coaching them. So that's, it, it's hard. I mean, Boston without Pasternak for a little bit, it's going to, that's going to be tough for them. Their defense is suspect, but is anybody going to doubt the Bruins? I mean, the Bruins have, have been wicked, you know, for the last, you know, forever, it seems. So this is, this is going to be re- a really rock'em, sock'em kind of division and i think that's gonna it's gonna lead to more interesting tv because these teams are just gonna want to beat each other's heads in every t- every night and when you're playing everybody in your division eight times oh man like it, it it could be it could be really fun but if but if you get off to a bad start and you start sinking down man it could get ugly all year yeah i mean 10 12 games in is going to be uh very interesting to look at where teams stand and i think the other thing too joe is conditioning of these guys um, coming back, starting. I mean, this is basically a, a live training camp, you know, as far as scrimmages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything was so quick to get started. But, you know, injuries here, too, with, with the way the taxi squads and, and the AHL not starting. I mean, it's not normal process for a regular season. So it's going to be interesting to see how coaches and teams adjust to injuries because if you lose a guy for 10, 12 games – that's just going to be a massive impact. We're on a fifty-six game season. Yeah, and you know, I think that's why the taxi squad idea was was smart. So that way, you're just not you know pushing guys in and out of Rochester and and dealing with waivers. Plus, you got the whole the whole thing where if you got young guys that you would probably send back to juniors, um, keep them around, put them on your taxi squad, and let them hang out. Or you know, some of them are allowed to go to the AHL. I think until until the OHL or the CHL starts back up. So. Um, I, you know, I think about it, you know, because I'm in Buffalo, I just think about it, you know, with with Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn, like they get to hang around like Cousins is going to be in the lineup. 
But like for Jack Quinn, I mean, he was just drafted. He just played in the World Junior Tournament. Uh, but he gets to be on the taxi squad instead of having to go back, going back to the CHL because they're not playing for another month, it seems. Um, so so you get a, you get a little bit of a break. You get a little bit of help from that, um, because if you get injuries, you can just kind of slide these guys into the play, get in there, get them young guys some games and, and get them a test. But um, but you're right. The, the first 10 to 12 games is going to be really interesting. And I think. If if you're the if you're the kind of person that likes to throw some money down on games occasionally, I'd bet a lot of overs, <laughs> just because the goalies ain't gonna be ready. <laughs> Got you know guys are gonna be sharp. Power plays are gonna be clicking at, at crazy rates until they they get to watch you know the coaches get to watch the videos. Um, but this is gonna be it's gonna be high scoring to start. It always is, but I think this is gonna be a little bit crazier now because you know because because they don't have the preseason games, they don't have that testing that that ability to test themselves out. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I guess that's, you know, another thing for us to to just buckle into the chairs here and watch this. Last thing, Joe, before I let you go uh, on the CC division thing is the Caps. Obviously, they're built to win this year. Obviously, uh, I mean, they, they, they brought in Hank, and, you know, Hank is retiring now and wish him the best of luck with his health surgery and his family. They bring in Cedeno here. Pete Laviolette comes in here, too. Um, you know, it's built to win now. There's no doubt about it. You can't cut it through uh, a different way. But the difference that oh, I want to ask you on is that this is a 56-game season. How does that benefit the Caps, even though they're older, more experienced, a lot of veterans, in terms of that attitude of you know, winning now as opposed to having to go through a, a full 82-game season and then the playoffs? Just get your take on the Caps run here. Well, you just got to hope that the schedule doesn't, doesn't really recack on them because, because, of the, because of the age. I mean, you, you do that compact schedule. The older bodies, it's got to get worn on them a little bit harder in, in that respect. But um, shorter season, like basically the end of a regular season is going to get you through the entire playoffs at that point. I like how it sets up for them because, you know, they do have the experience. They do have a ton of talent. I mean, that's that team's still loaded. They just look like they, you know, during that bubble playoff last year, it just looked like they, they kind of lost interest in it <laughs> at some point. Like they got down and then they were just kind of like, you know what? let's just go home. <laughs> let's go back home here and, and take it easy. And, you know, I mean, it, that didn't work out for Todd Reardon. That was, that, that was kind of it for him, but, uh, but Laviolette's going to have those guys in shape. We know he's a, we know he can be a real hard ass about things sometimes. So I like what it means for the caps. The vets know how to take care of themselves. They know what, they know what to do. And you don't really need to do a ton of tweaking with them. You can just kind of wind them up and let them go. And I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be a real handful to deal with. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. So uh, we look forward to that and everything that they're going to do this year and this uh, Eastern Division. Joe, look, you're the best. You've worked for the best. The NHL, <laughs> NBC Pro Hockey Talk, The Athletic, and, you know, you're on all kinds of different podcasts, man, so it's, it's tough to keep track <laughs> on. You are a man in demand, and I'm so grateful to have you here on TH with THS with me, and, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And uh, I'll see you on the Twitter, brother. Hey, you got it, Paulie. Take care, man. Take care. All right, Joe Yordan, ladies and gentlemen, THS. Good stuff. Looking forward to talking to Joe every week. That hockey show is always live and archived at THSradio.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at That Hockey Show. Like us on Facebook at THS Radio. Now, don't just glide through the neutral zone on a back check, you slacker. Get the game. That Hockey Show skates on right now. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Woo! Getting used to this, man. Going to breaks and setting up commercials. We're not gonna. Well, hopefully, we're gonna. Uh, well, you know, 
we'll see what happens, right? You know, as we grow this thing with you guys listening and subscribing, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're just going to try and give you as much hockey talk as possible. Uh, the game plan here as a THS is obviously just to get this thing started. And we're going to do once a week right now. And But if things take off, maybe we uh, expand this a little bit. But we'll take it slow. And uh, me personally, just to give you a little history on um, on <laughs> on um, THS is, you know, we, we started this a while ago. And uh, it was d- d- a couple of different versions. Years ago, um, we did... Um, we were on uh, Yahoo Sports Radio Network. I did it independently, and then we uh, took a break for a long time, and then we just came back um, this past year. Right before COVID, we did three shows. We were doing live. We were doing uh, correlation with a big sports club up here, and we were doing uh, Wednesday night sports uh, stuff, uh, the, the NBC game of the week and everything. It was awesome. We got three shows in, and then boom, March. It was that March 13th week. Shut down, and, and even that sports bar that we were doing the show at uh, also has since closed its doors and everything. So, uh, you know, THS went under again. And I was sitting here, man, I love the I love the platform. I love mixing it up here and um, brought it back. So uh, excited to to be doing this and really appreciate Joe and Tab and, and Steve and, and coming up here in a couple minutes, uh, cost as well, too. So, um, and I appreciate, uh, you know, we appreciate all you guys tuning in here, too. So we'll just keep, uh, we're going to start here today. And again, we're taping things today, and then next week we're going to do this live. So um, that's a, an opportunity for me right here down at HQ is to work in some breaks and and go in and out of uh, connecting you guys to all the guys that are coming on the show here too. So uh, it'll be some fun stuff. Um, so, look, the, the game is back. We love it, and uh, we're all excited about it. Myself here, big Rangers fan, so just so you guys know that, based in New York, but um, you know, from Long Island here, grew up with the Islanders dynasty, um, you know, and, and the Devils here too as well. So as far as, um, you know, me and, and my hockey background, you know, just been a, a, it's been a huge part of my life, just playing out here in the streets and playing ice. And uh, I also moved out to Colorado for a year, and I, I got to play out there. But um, that's enough about me. I think it's time to bring in uh, another one of our guys, and that is uh, Mr. Costa Papa Papa Leos. I gotta work on this. Papa's uh, Costa's gonna kill me. But uh, Costa, how you doing, man? Welcome aboard THS. You know me, brother. I am I am rusty. But how are you, brother? Yeah. <laughs> We're all rusty, man. It's not... <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah. I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing oh, really man. well. And that's great, man. I know personally, man, you went through some uh, some stuff there and, and uh, just uh, following you, being a friend with you for years, man. I'm just so happy that you're you're feeling well and, and, and doing good. And, and when I reached out to you to come back here and, and talk hockey with me again, uh, and we'll joke here a little bit and introduce ourselves and let everybody know, but, man, I was thrilled that you said yes because I miss you, pal, and I'm so happy you're doing well, and, and, and thanks so much for doing this with me. Well, I miss our conversations too, Paulie. I mean, uh, I can't talk New York hockey with anybody else. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, just to fill everybody in, um, Costa, you used to run Montreal Hockey Talk. That's how we met oh, about 10, 11 years ago. God only knows how long ago it was. And, and you know, you guys, even before I started getting into independent uh, broadcan, uh, broadcasting and stuff, way before podcasts really took off, I mean, me and you, right, we want to bang our heads against the wall. It's a billion-dollar industry now. But uh, you, you, you guys up there in Montreal, you guys were one of the first guys to actually run a, a network, and you guys were insane. You guys used to do pre and post games for all the all the Habs games, man. Do, do you miss it? I do. You know, and not so much just the games, but the camaraderie we had. I mean, the group of people that we had doing that show was insane. I mean, yeah, we were a little bit uncensored and off the cuff, and a little bit crazy at times. 
but we had a huge following on and 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 it was great i mean we'd sit there we watch the games together we'd swear at each other we'd complain about stuff and it was all stuff that kind of generated all the talk that we would do on the air so you know we would talk during the game we talk on the air and it just generated all kinds of traffic and all kinds of interest and you know for that 10-year run it was an absolute blast now some of us, you know, you got, got older. Some of us had to change the way they did things and so on and so forth. So we kind of had to separate. And that's why the show kind of went the way it did. But, uh, yeah, I miss it every day, man. We had some great memories. Uh, Casa used to call on me and uh, my brother and uh, Mikey down here. And even Steve, who's coming up later on doing the West Coast show covering. He used to do devil spots with you guys. And we used to have a lot of fun, man. And, and you guys... Costa, you guys paved the way for me. I used to because not only were you guys doing the the radio stuff, you guys were ahead of the game in terms of chat rooms and and uh, social media, and your website and your columns and stuff and everything else. So you guys were really ahead of your time, and you guys did some great stuff. So I, I'm glad to have you back here now doing this with me because uh, I think you're one of the smartest hockey guys I've met over the years, and 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 I think you're just perfect. Uh, to talk about this new uh, Northern Division or Canadian Division every week, and and obviously we'll we'll, we'll uh, focus on the Habs a little bit too because that's obviously your background. Uh, but before we jump into that, I also want to talk about uh, ask you about D Skate. I know uh, you've been doing that for a while too. Just let everybody know what that's about. Well, D Skate's about a hockey camp that we run for kids with type one diabetes. You know, we have medical staff on hand. Uh, to help the kids learn how to manage their diabetes. We have doctors on hand to, you know, in case of any type of emergency. And we have a top-notch group of coaches that teaches these kids, uh, you know, uh, skills that they won't get at an ordinary hockey camp. Uh, we've got sensors on the ice. We've got bracelets on their wrists. And all that time, they're monitoring their blood sugars too. So it's, it's about the only place where these kids can go uh, during the year where they feel normal. You know, where they're not the kid that's different. They're the kid that's supposed to be there. And it, it puts smiles on their faces. It puts a smile on my face. I'm extremely proud to be the program director. And, you know, it, it, this COVID stuff has really put a dampener on, you know, uh, what we can do with the kids in the last 18 months, I would say. But we do have big plans. We're hoping that, you know, the vaccine works and that we can get these kids back on the ice because we know they miss us. We certainly miss them. And hopefully we can get everything back in order and get these kids back on the ice and smiling again. That's good stuff, man. You guys are doing great stuff. I know you and Steve have been doing this for a while. And uh, continue. We'll, we'll continue to keep updates here for you and, and promote D-Skate and, uh, and all the great work that you guys are doing up there. So uh, I just definitely wanted uh, folks to hear about uh, your involvement with that and, and the great work that you guys do. All right, buddy. Let's talk some NHL. Uh, you got to be excited, just like the rest of us are coming back. Uh, a wild one last night to, to start up there in the Northern Division. I, do you mind, uh, Cost, if I call it the Canadian Division? I don't want to call it the Northern Division. Yeah, don't, 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 don't call them the sponsors, man. They don't pay us anything. It's all good. <laughs> so, uh, Leafs and Habs go at it last night. Uh, overtime thriller, definitely for the Leafs fan, not so much for the Habs. And then uh, the Canucks and the Oilers uh, went at it last night, too. But uh, first, let me ask you first, you, did you tune in last night? Are you excited? What what that feel like just watching the games again? And, and just a quick take on, on the NHL and the NHLPA in terms of what they did to get the league back. Well, I was laughing a little bit last night because they were playing music in the rink between whistles and stuff like that. And it got me giggling. It's like, who are you playing that for? You know, it's like, like the players are not going to be listening to the music. And, oh, wow, what is that tunes on? You know, it, it kind of got me. I understand the game experience or whatever, but you're paying this guy to play music for nobody. You know, other than what? Mark Bergevin and Kyle Dubas? I mean, that, that's not worth the trouble. You know what I mean? It made me giggle a little bit. But, you know, overall, I, I mean, I was a little disappointed in the product. 
given the fact that these guys didn't really get a chance to play in the exhibition games, you know, it was more inter-squad and whatnot. Um, but, you know, as the game progressed, I mean, you could sort of see the Canadians going out to an early lead. You know, their power play ticked. They got a couple of power play markers. You know, they they were up 3-1, and then all of a sudden, bang, get, a uh, you know, the two penalties back-to-back six seconds apart. And all of a sudden, Toronto's back in the hockey game by the end of the second period. Habs managed to get the lead again. Toronto ties it. And then, lo and behold, overtime comes around. And Morgan Riley pots the winner. It's it's difficult to watch because you know the Canadians and the Leafs aren't exactly where they need to be. You know, the Canadians, they've got a few new bodies up front. Josh Anderson looked great last night getting a couple of markers. Nick Suzuki, I mean, the dangle on, on Riley... It, it kind of, it kind of, it, it goes in comparison with the one that McDavid did to him last year. Where he was looking over the other way, kind of yeah. the same thing. Uh-huh. Riley's got to play the body a little bit more, but you know, there was skill there. There wasn't enough physicality for me, you know. And I don't know whether or not that's a COVID thing, and the guys are worried about it, or whatever. But it, there just wasn't enough body checking, so the game looks a little bit, you know, it's like, it's like a glorified game of shinny. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of tough to watch. You know, the, they're scoring chances left and right. You know, the goaltenders had a hard time. Carey Price let in a couple uh, that Nylander got through where he was screened on the play. Uh, guys don't know how to front defense. I mean, it was a mishmash of what I was watching, and it was tough to watch. Yeah, well, you know, you got. I guess we have to maybe just step back a little bit and let these guys get a few games under their belt. You know, just in terms of how quick, you know, it was getting everybody together, getting the training camps in. And, and these are basically live scrimmages that they're starting here to get going. And it'll be interesting to look back here in 10, 12 games uh, going through. Um, but that's a great point there in terms of, like I said, the product of the game so far. You know, obviously uh, no fans, but getting to see these guys in their buildings, wearing their sweaters. And uh, and for us just to get to watch a hockey game, we'll, I'm sure all those other details that you're bringing up, um, you know, will be definitely something that we're going to be looking into and definitely commenting on as the games go forward. Costa, taking a look at this Canadian division, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, obviously last night, Calgary, Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Um, You know, a lot of talk about Edmonton, obviously. Ottawa's made a whole bunch of changes. Um, Calgary's Calgary. You know, Vancouver, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think Green and and his whole crew up there have got a really good product on the ice, and and we'll see how they go. But let me get your take, maybe just a quick overall thought on this Canadian division and maybe how you see it maybe playing out. Well, you're right about Calgary. Calgary's Calgary, and, I mean, there's there's a lot of infighting in that that organization right now, not necessarily, you know, behind the bench or with the players, but more organizationally. So if they don't produce this year, uh, heads are going to roll. And roll early, so it's going to be interesting to see how Calgary comes out of the gate and what kind of the record they can get inside of the first ten games. Because I think once those ten games are gone, that's when the higher ups, the president, and so on in Calgary are going to make a decision of whether or not they're going to keep their GM Brad Tree Living and the rest of their staff. Uh, you're right about Vancouver. Vancouver is going to be great this year. I mean, they've got Bo Horvat leading that team along with Elias Peterson, some good young defensemen. But I think the wild card is going to be Braden Holtby. Because of the fact that he had such a bad season last year with the Capitals, you know, people are starting to wonder whether or not his game's starting to leave him. So the Canucks are taking a real chance putting him between the pipes to make sure, you know, to backstop that team. Because they had a good thing going with Jacob Markstrom. I mean, Markstrom started his career slowly with the Florida Panthers and moved his way over to Vancouver where he made a name for himself. Now all of a sudden he's gone and Braden Holtby takes over the reins. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that team rolls out. Uh, Edmonton, again, it's the same questions. Uh, you know, is our goaltending going to hold up? 
Is their defense going to be able to hold up? You know, because they really didn't make that many changes on the back end. No question that their offense is going to be among the best in the league again. You're up there with Tampa Bay and the rest. But, you know, uh, their defense is going to be their Achilles heel all season long. And whether or not the fact that they're playing the same six teams the entire year is going to make a difference, that remains to be seen. That's all about adjustments, right? I think the one Canadian team that worries me more than anything else, Paulie, is is Winnipeg. Okay. Winnipeg really lost a lot of bodies. You know, first it started last year when they lost Dustin Bufflin. And then, you know, they lost a couple of other guys along the way last year. You know, people are looking at their general manager, wondering what he's thinking. And, like, there was no real uh, substance to anything that they did in the offseason this year. So Winnipeg is going to be the one, I think, is going to be on the outside looking in in this Canadian division to see whether or not they actually make the playoffs. They have some great talent. But Patrick Laine, you know, there's there's rumors out there that he's not too happy with the organization, you know. And you've got an aging Blake Wheeler who was the captain of that team. I don't know how that team's going to look. You know, it's difficult to say. And then finally, you know, we did get a good look at Toronto and Montreal there. You know, Montreal's made a bunch of changes. I love what they've done to this team. Whether or not they can get it to work properly is another thing altogether. And then you've got the Ottawa Senators. Pierre Dorian came out. And the, the, much like, you know, they did it up in, 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 in with the Rangers, you know, where they sent out a letter saying, you know, we're rebuilding, please be patient and so on and so forth. Pierre Dorian, the GM, the auto center is the exact same thing. He did it via media and he told everybody to listen. You know, we're coming out with a young team. This is where we're going. We're building forward from here. Don't expect a miracle, but we expect our team to be competitive. That remains to be seen. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I guess you give, uh, you know, I give um, definitely the Sens at least for they seem to be you know, aggressive, uh, you know, just trying to fix things. I think if you're, you know, a fan of the Sens, at least the, the organization is active um, with some future prospects there. Oh, I mean, the, you know, the future looks a little bright, whereas, you know, the Sens have been kind of, you know, the Sens and the Sabres over the last few years, you know, they unfortunately they seem to just kind of, they go, they peak, and then they just kind of drop, and then they kind of fade out and stuff, and, and it seemed that the Sens were definitely going that route again. And and it oh, just we'll see like, what happens. Yeah. You know, not to cut you off there, Paul, but, but we'll see what happens because, you know, the Senators are very young and, you know, they've got a relatively new coach behind the bench. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's if they had a vet back there who was developing young players, I'd say, you know what, maybe. But you got a guy who's got only one year of coaching experience, less than a year, actually, of coaching experience under his belt. So, you know, I, I'm a little bit apprehensive. I like what they've done. I like the fact that they came out and said they're going young. Because, you know, a lot of teams won't do that. You know, they're worried about losing their fan base. Ottawa's just come out and told them, listen, we're going to be competitive. We're going to be exciting. But don't expect miracles as far as making the playoffs are concerned. If they do, great. If they don't, still great, as long as they develop in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rangers are doing that down here, man. <laughs> yep. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so, yep, look. The, absolutely. The last two, the, going back to Toronto and Montreal here. Um, mm mm-hmm. Toronto still with all that pressure, all that money, all that talent, they got to just go out and basically just go ahead and win. Looking at the Habs here, the way they finished, um, you know, especially with the the summer tournament there, um, Claude Julien, who's always been a favorite of mine and stuff, Bergeron, Bergeron, all this different stuff that's going off the ice, but, uh, you know, even Domi leaving, all the different things that have happened in Montreal, you being a diehard fan yourself and covering this team uh, for years in the past, what's, what's number one, Toronto, what kind of pressure do they have on? Is that going to change? You know, is this a big year for them with all the guys that they have on that squad? And as far as Montreal is concerned, are they ahead of your expectations now? 
No, nah, Montreal is well behind. Let me start with Toronto, first of all. The Leafs, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Kyle Dubas over the summer and how the organization is not too keen on him, right? Because Dubas is, uh, you know, of that new general manager analytics type of, uh, you know, executive where he looks a lot at the numbers and he decides what to do based on those numbers. We saw what happened with Chaika down in Phoenix. That didn't work out and he took off. Now Dubas is about the only one that's out there right now who's using that same philosophy. You want to call it money puck? I don't care what you want to call it. I don't know. I'm not the type of guy that thinks it's going to work. I think you need a, a nice hybrid, you know, to be able to do that. And I think he's putting too much emphasis on analytics and not enough on what the guys are able to do on the ice. And I think that's why that team's defense suffers. So it's a big year for Dubas. He's on the hot seat for sure. If he can't get the results that this organization, that the Leafs organization is looking for, uh, he might be out the door faster than you could say boo. You know, and by the same token, in Montreal, I mean, it's, it's Mark Bergevin has been there the better part of a decade. And between you and I, a general manager who had experience would have either left on his own five years ago or would have been able to fix some of the holes that the, the Canadians organization has had over the years, whether it's defense, whether it's at forward, whatever the case may be. Granted, he's a, he accumulated draft picks over time. He's drafted well in the last few years. He's made good trades to get good bodies in place now, but we're 10 years in. So just like Dubas, Bergevin's on the hot seat here in Montreal. If this team doesn't perform with every change that he's made, you know, the last two years, keep in mind that he saved a lot of money on cap space and now he's burnt it because he's brought in big bodies and he's right up against the cap. This is the year this team has to win. They have to do something moving forward. And if they don't, he's another one who might be out the door faster than you could say boo. Well, hopefully for you guys up in Habsland, it's a successful season. I like it. I like what they got going. I like Claude. And it's a 56-game season there, Costa. So anything can happen. These guys start strong out of the gate. And uh, obviously not, not looking at last night here, but um, we'll see what happens up in uh, Montreal as we move forward and this Canadian division. Well, Costa, look, man, thanks so much for jumping on with me today, and I can't wait to look forward to uh, continuing to talk to you as this season goes forward, man. Appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, Paul. You got it, brother. Costa Papalias, ladies and gentlemen, every Thursday here at THS. I'll be hanging out with me and the other guys, and we will be uh, he'll be covering the Canadian division. And we've both agreed that that's what we're going to call it, not the Northern Division. All right, take another quick break here. When we come back, Mr. Tab Bamford, and we'll look at the Central Division and the Hawks. You're listening to THS right here on the Go Hockey Media Network. That hockey show is always live and archived at THSRadio.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at That Hockey Show. Like us on Facebook at THS Radio. Now, don't just glide through the neutral zone on a back check, you slacker. Get the game. That hockey show skates on right now. Yeah, welcome back to THS, everybody. Once again, That Hockey Show. Make sure you give us a follow. If you're listening to us on the downloads, subscribe, rate, review. Tell us how... Well, I know the guys are going to be great. You can you can kind of tell me how good I'm doing or how bad I'm doing, you know. So, um, 
I mean, I'm running a couple other podcasts here on on the network, and it's it's usually just me and one other guy, you know. And uh, I'm I'm very lucky to work with some great guys uh, in, in the sports. But uh, doing a, a multi uh, insider show again is uh, I'm a little rusty here and just pressing the buttons and going to commercials and breaks and stuff. But hey, this is going to be fun. Uh, that's what THS is going to be all about. And I definitely want you guys' feedback, so definitely hit us up and, and let us know what you want us to talk about. And, um, you know, tag us uh, at That Hockey Show everywhere. Uh, websites and Facebook pages, all that stuff will grow, hopefully, as we grow. But i um, really excited to be back here doing this. Um, every morning, um, we continue to just, you know, rock and roll here. But right now, I think it's a, a great time to bring on our good friend, Mr. Tab Bamford. Tam, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? I sure can, man. And man, you look damn handsome. Whatever Dennis oh, Bernstein said about you is just not true. <laughs> well, you know, Dennis, if there isn't a stake involved, he's not going to tell the truth. <laughs> hey, man, so great to meet you here on THS. And, and thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. And, uh, you know, I got to definitely uh, just talk about the, the, the connection here between uh, Dennis Bernstein. I mean, obviously, Dennis has been a uh, – I know you guys are a lot closer. Obviously, I've known Dennis throughout the years. Just asked him to be on shows and, and, and follow him, and uh, he's always been such a great guy, and he's been on this show in, in the past in the years and stuff. But uh, talk about the fourth period and, and, and you guys being a part of that publication and, and, and man, you, you know, your success uh, with that publication, all those guys, the things that you guys cover, and just maybe how you guys how you guys all work together a little bit because it's just a phenomenal publication and everything you guys do on media radio and everything else is just top notch i appreciate that yeah i mean i the the tfp crew uh tfp mafia as we sometimes will hashtag ourselves (laughs) on twitter uh you know i've been writing with those guys for probably a little more than 10 years now and um it's just it's a it's a really fun group of guys to be with and i think what makes the fourth period unique, you know, with, you know, obviously Dave Pinota and, and Dennis and a lot of the other guys, you've got a lot of people who really know the game. Uh, you know, we've got guys whose, you know, kids are coaching at the professional level who are scouts for organizations. Um, we've got folks who have lived it, who have played it. Um, but a lot of what we do isn't necessarily just stuck on like what's happening on the ice. If you look at the physical print publication, it's a lifestyle magazine. We're talking to these guys about kind of what makes them tick, uh, what they do away from the ice, how they connect with their teammates, what it's like to move with kids. Um, You know, some of these guys have hobbies, whether it's, you know, rebuilding jet skis or owning a vineyard or whatever, you know, just talking to guys about life. And, And I think that that when you get into the media grind, so many athletes get accustomed to getting the cardboard questions and and talking about the same stuff. What are your goals for next year? What happened last night? What are you going to do differently next week? You know, how are you going to personally improve? And you when the questions become robotic, I think the answers can too. Um, You just, you can't avoid being programmed to do that. Even if you've got more personality than Alexander Ovechkin, it, it can get old and dry. And so talking to guys about stuff that isn't the standard, I think, uh, gives us a lot of flexibility. And then, you know, we've Dave Pinota's cultivated really great relationships with the Players Association. Uh, and we do a lot of really incredible stuff with players and helping their organizations and their 
uh, nonprofits and stuff like that too. So it's an incredible group of guys to work with. Uh, it's an absolute blast This I can't, say on the air some of the stuff that gets thrown around via <laughs> text and email because lord help us um but no i mean they're, they're just a blast to work with and and dennis is just an absolute rock star uh he's one of my favorite people on the planet so uh when when he uh when he made an intro i knew it was good people because uh he he's the godfather in la so uh, <laughs> his word plays yeah, no, nah, there's nobody like DB. There's no doubt about it. I want to ask you just real quick before we get into the hockey talk here a little bit, you know, because um, I know you do a lot of baseball stuff and you've been uh, involved with uh, online and digital media. Just the landscape today. I used to do this years ago, and obviously that's how I know Dennis and stuff. And, and I, I used to run six, seven shows before podcast took off. I was on Yahoo Sports Radio, but it was back then in terms of uh, finding capital or anybody interest, people used to look at me with like three heads. What do you mean podcasting and and you know broadband radio shows and everything else and uh you know and then I put the you know I put the white flag up and I stopped. So that's one of the reasons I'm bringing this back now because I'm back into it and and now the the landscape of just the uh the podcast industry and and so and, and digital media just love to get your take real quick as far as you know cutting into that uh, competing with the national uh, media, you know, ESPNs and all that other stuff, and, and then you see Barstool and, and all that stuff. How do you find your, yourself um, looking back at just how it's evolved over these years? Jeez, uh, how long do we have? You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I look back at my career journey, and when I got out of college back in the day, there were no blogs. There, It was, you know, if you want to write about a, a team, especially in Chicago, you know, you're hustling resumes off to the Tribune and the Sun-Times or you're going somewhere else for 10 or 15, 20 years, cutting your teeth, trying to get in the door. Um, and that all changed when the Internet started to break up and you started getting more people to get access to things and things started to get more affordable. And I remember back in, you know, probably 14, 15 years ago now, uh, an old college buddy introduced me to some guys that were starting a, had started this website that was giving people the ability to just kind of shoot their mouth off and, and write a little bit. And at the time I was working for a bank and I was absolutely miserable. I, I was a journalism major in college, did not do math. And then I ended up being a commercial officer for a big bank. Go figure. That's why the market tanked. Um, <laughs> But uh, but I, I started writing, and I ended up being one of the early crew of featured columnists at Bleacher Report back in the day. Uh, and just the the wheels started to spin. And I think now what you've seen is that media consumption, especially with millennials and Gen Z, has become platform agnostic, meaning you're not going to see people that are locked into reading something. It's YouTube. It's Instagram, there's live, there's taped, there's artfully edited, there's raw and ugly. Like people are just looking for, I think, a personality that jives with where they're at and someone that that provides them with uh, a place and a a space where they can engage and talk about something that they're passionate about um, that really meets them where their fandom is. And that being said, I think the hardest thing is with the proliferation of media and I think the, the lack of trust in a lot of uh, the way that people do business and the way that people conduct themselves on social media. Uh, I'm not going into the, you know, media's evil. They're all liars. But I think that there's a lot of personalities who conduct themselves in a way that either sparks people or turns people off. And I think that there are a lot of publications that have 
sold their soul to one platform uh, where they may have missed the boat on something else. I think it's critical that you need to be able to bob and weave and you need to be able to adjust, but at the same time, not try to do everything at once. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And if you're passionate about podcasting and you can crank out incredible podcasts, don't try to become an Instagram influencer Yeah, uh, because you, you can't reinvent yourself as easily or reinvent your personal wheel as easily as you can really commit to something and really be true to who you are and engaging. And I think that there's still a, a huge, there's a lot of room for print, video, audio, uh, visual, still, everything, but you have to wrap it all in a package. And I think that that's the trickiest thing now is finding those outlets that are trying to embrace the different platforms and meet people. I think the ones that will last are the ones that are meeting people in a number of different places. Absolutely, man. Not all great stuff. And I think one of the big things you say there is, is staying focused on being good at one platform. Um, and just, you know, provide good content, which has been a challenge for me because I just like to be in everything, but that's a Sagittarian in me. So, <laughs> well, look, uh, before we get into uh, talking hockey here and, and this division, and obviously we'll, go, we'll do a little focus on the Hawks each week with you, um, just your, your take on uh, the league coming back, um, just your overall, maybe just a quick overview on what you feel, how the NHL and the NHLPA uh, were able to, to get us back on the ice last night and, and maybe a couple of things that you either you like so far or, you're, you know, uh, what you expect or just, you know, just are you just psyched just to have the game back? Yeah, well, I, I think obviously um, after 2020 with not having anything to watch for six or seven months, having games that actually matter back is great. Having the ability to unplug from everything else that's going on in the world right now and dive into a sporting event and be passionate about something that you can agree with people, whether it's political orientation or anything else, you can kind of agree that, you know, we're going in for the Rangers or the Blackhawks or the Avalanche or, you know, you know, maybe two or three people out down there are rooting for the Panthers. Um, but, you know, but, but it, it, it's unifying. And I think that that's something that we've desperately, desperately needed. Everyone in Chicago agreed that the Hawks suck last night. And it's the first time that all of Chicago had agreed on something in eight hours since everyone <laughs> in Chicago agreed that the Bears front office is the laughing stock dumpster fire of the NFL. Uh, and Jets fans obviously would take issue with me saying that. But no, it, it, sports are a wonderful unifying thing. And I, I, I'm glad that it's back. With that being said, uh, you'd have to be naive to not have some concern because if you've watched the issues that are evolving with the NBA – and them not being in a bubble and having different teams now starting to have games postponed and having individual players making decisions to go out and engage socially uh, or simply step away from the team and make some personal choices uh, that are costing them games and, and in some cases uh, their health, you have to be concerned. Um, I think everything that you heard of, out of the bubble for the NHL was that the leadership in most of the rooms was steadfast and the players won the day for the NHL in policing themselves and each other and keeping, you know, the old guys keeping the young guys on track and the young guys keeping the young guys in the room and stuff like that. So uh, I think there's hope that that, that that culture within the National Hockey League will sustain this regular season. But obviously we've already got issues with Dallas. Um, 
you know, already delaying the start of their regular season. So I think it would be naive to think that you're going to have all 31 teams roll off 56 with no problems at all. Uh, But I think the hope is that they can all stay safe and healthy, uh, can travel safe, and we can have a a, a pretty, a relatively complete, hopefully a fully complete regular season and then an exciting playoffs again. Yeah, I think uh, hockey fans might be a little spoiled with the fact the way the the summer bubble went, you know, uninterrupted and straight through. And I think you bring up a great point that uh, we do have to kind of sit back and, and expect that. And uh, I love your point. Well, about, I, think, like, I do think, too, the NHL waiting until mid-January to start was prudent. Um, I think that there, there's been a lot of conversation nationally that maybe the NBA pushed it back too quick. Uh, they got back on the court a little bit sooner than they probably should have. Um, and obviously with the vaccine starting to roll out, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we'll have fans in seats and we'll have, you know, people being able to get this thing and, and move, you know, outside of sports, but socially – we can start moving back to some level of normalcy uh, as more and more people get vaccinated. Um, but I, I do think the NHL was prudent in waiting until January um, and looking at maximizing the number of games that they could play while giving themselves enough time to get good testing and, and make sure that the players were in a good, healthy spot. Yeah, amen to that. No doubt about it. All right, so look, we're going to be hanging out here on Thursdays, and we'll be uh, pretty much focusing on the Central Division. Uh, I want to get your take on it. Uh, some of these teams have obviously been in the division together in the past, uh, a little bit of a mix-mox now. But, uh, you know, your Hawks, you got the Preds, the Cats, uh, the Wings, Stars, uh, CBJ, Torch, you got to love it, uh, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Um, I, I Just looking at that real quick, I mean, as far as the coaching here, um, you know, you got a lot of great personalities and, um, you know, working forward here in, in this division. But I want to get your take. Uh, what, what do you think is the personality of this division that they put together? Um, and, uh, and, and who do you think might come out on top? Well, I, I think that this is a division that is clearly a haves and have-nots situation. <laughs> And I think you, you had one game in the in the division last night, and you clearly saw that play out on the ice. You had a, a young Blackhawks team that did not have a lot of uh, ice time together going against a defendly Stanley Cup champion that didn't have a number of key pieces back, but still had most of their Stanley Cup winning roster together. And clearly the chemistry and skill in Tampa was more than the Blackhawks could answer. Um, when you look around most predictions, most people have uh, Detroit and Chicago at or near the bottom of the overall NHL list. Um, and I think it's going to be a long year for both of them, uh, which I, I joked last night. Uh, it's going to feel like 2005 when Detroit comes to Chicago and there's only, you know, 400 people there. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to hear Jeremy Piven in the 300 level yelling Detroit sucks like the old commercial. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be really top heavy. Uh, I think you'd, you'd have to be nuts to not like the defending champs, even without Kucherov, albeit Chicago, not a good litmus test last night, but I think that they'll have firepower and the, you know, they'll have staying power. Uh, I love Carolina. I absolutely love everything about that roster. They're deep all over the place. They're young. If they can stay healthy, I think they could be absolutely dynamite. Um, and then the wild card in the whole thing for me is Dallas. With with starting the season with COVID, with some of the injury issues that they ended up with last year and just the in aging roster and some of the guys who left in free agency, they could be, a, you know, the third team, second team in that division. They could be the 
third team from the bottom and, you know, end up with, you know, a top five pick in the draft. Um, it's a real crapshoot in Dallas. But I, I think, you know, Florida, I don't think a lot of people are really high on them, but maybe it's the Chicago in me and having watched how Joel Quinville worked with the young Blackhawks and the way that he really cultivated uh, what guys like Keith and Seabrook and Kane and Taves were good at. Uh, and I look at that team with an Ekblad and a Huberdo, and I just I think that having a full season with Quinville down there is going to work wonders for the Florida Panthers. Um, are they a playoff team? If half the division gets in and you've got four teams in the dance, I think they've got a fighter's chance. I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender, but I think Quinville will make them relevant. Um, and obviously they need their goaltending to earn its paycheck this time. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I think it's a top heavy division and then you're going to, you know, that, that three to five, three to six range is really going to be, uh, where the intrigue is, but you're, you're definitely going to see some, some rough nights, uh, defensively from especially Chicago and, and Detroit as they try and sort through, uh, an ongoing rebuild. You know, I think we're in year 17 for Detroit with the rebuild, uh, and uh, and with Chicago finally owning the fact that they're uh, starting to turn the page and look ahead, um, but you're also going to have a lot of names that could be you know trade bait yeah. in that division. And I think more than any other division, I think you'll see the Central be a selling division uh, at the deadline, uh, and you'll you could see some of the biggest names at the deadline come out of the Central division, and maybe head west where I think that's going to be a much more competitive. Uh, and, and certainly I think, you know, the, the East, I think will be good too. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how many trades are actually put together and, and work out between the Canadian division and the U S and how things look at that point with quarantining, because obviously it, it, it's a hindrance on both organizations. If you're trading roster players and, and they've got to sit out for a week, but, uh, but I think the central is one that you could see more selling than buying when it gets to deadline time. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. All, all fantastic points, and there's going to be tons of storylines uh, for me and you to hit on here every week, and uh, uh, really looking forward to it, and we'll definitely do some more on the Hawks as, uh, as we move forward, too. Tab, man, absolute pleasure to meet you, man, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, really excited and looking forward to, uh, to working with you and talking to you uh, every Thursday here. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. This is going to be fun, and uh, hopefully we'll have you know one or two wins under our belt in Chicago by the time we talk next, but I can't make any promises. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Tab. Have a great day, man. Thanks, you too. Take care. Tab Bamford, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here every week to talk the new Central Division and some Hawks. Uh, really appreciate that stuff, man. Tab's a great guy, very smart. And, uh, and that's what we're doing here at THS, man. We got smart, good-looking guys on this show. So you guys should hang out with us, man. It's a lot of fun. So um, good stuff there. So it's uh, 105 here uh, on the uh, East Coast. And this is our little uh, pilot show for THS, the brand-new THS. And again, uh, tell your friends, tell your hockey friends, everybody listening, downloading this pilot show, we really appreciate it and hope you guys will hang out with us uh, all season long. Uh, Joe and Costa and Tab just all bringing up great points here about um, what to expect. And I think Tab really nailed it a lot, too. You know, um, two great points there. Uh, Everybody coming together for sports. I think that's just uh, a great thing, especially here in this country. Um, It is it is wild. You know, Uh, no matter what side you are on any kind of issue, if if everybody likes the same team, it's a trip especially in the States here uh, in terms of teams coming together, whether they're, uh, they're awesome or they suck or whatever the heck it is. 
and then, yeah, the NHL, uh, you know, Dallas here, obviously, with the COVID, and that'll be something until it hits your specific team. I think that's going to be uh, a trip, you know, for uh, us Rangers and Islanders fans here and, and Devils here on the East Coast and stuff. Uh, you know, for me, that'll be weird if you get, you know, say the team's rolling for two or three games, you know, and um, you're in a you're in a, a vibe. You're in a, the team's got three or four wins under its belt or a guy's got a scoring streak or a power play unit is clicking or a, a goaltender's got a, a great streak going on. And then, man, if uh, COVID comes in and they got to shut down, um, how is that going to affect that team? You know, I'm sure obviously they'll continue practices and they'll quarantine whoever is involved. But, you know, it's basically, uh, you know, you got this momentum. It's it really going to be comparable, comparable to what actually happened last year when the league shut down and then, boom, they brought everybody back, you know, for the for the playoffs and, and the run there. And it, it was different. This is these are traveling bubbles. This is not stationary bubbles. So it'll be interesting to see. And uh and we'll go from there. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to go all the way out to the West Coast, and we're going to bring my longtime buddy, Mr. Steve Palumbo. Steve-O, what's going on? And welcome back to THS, pal. Hey, Paulie. It's great to be back, man. Good to talk to you. Uh, same here, man. Um, You know, just uh, talking to all the guys here today, coming back, and just uh, basically introducing ourselves to everybody as we fire up this uh, relaunch, this new version of uh, That Hockey Show. And uh, me and you obviously go way back. You are you are California uh, via um, New Jersey, and uh, we've known each other yes, through uh, Rangers and Devils uh, <laughs> discussions over the years. But primarily, me and you have known each other because you were, you were great. We met, uh, obviously, um, you know, back in the day in terms of me doing shows here and stuff and and uh you you've just been a great guy covering um you know the teams on your side of the coast there the the west coast you actually had a a show with us here in the network a few years ago and stuff and and who knows yes. steve-o maybe we bring that back one day but um just uh Fingers what have you been crossed. doing what have you been doing these days obviously working with fan sided and, and pitchfork devs i guess for the devils and yep. stuff but uh excited about having you back here at ths but um just uh maybe just inter- introduce yourself a little bit to everybody yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been writing with uh, Puck Pitchfork on the Fan Sided Network for the last uh, year plus. I was with uh, Hockey Buzz covering the the Ducks and the Sharks for oof, seven, eight years uh, wow. up until the beginning of last year, where I I went to uh, Puck Pitchfork though, uh, primarily uh, just trying to uh, survive and stay healthy out here on the West Coast. You know, just like uh, yeah. there in New York. Uh, it's been pretty tight here and uh, just trying to uh, go day by day and, and, and just, uh, you know, I'm happy to have hockey back. Though. I'm happy to have some kind of distraction. So <laughs> we were just talking to Tab before about talking about how, you know, sports can kind of bring everybody together, you know, no matter what they, uh, you know, and it kind of gets you away from everything. And obviously all of us as, as hockey fans, I got to tell you, bro, California is not only just. COVID and stuff, but natural disasters. I mean, I feel like every week I got to check in on you and make sure you and the fam are okay, man. It's been crazy out there, man. How do you do it? I don't know. It's crazy. I was driving the other day for work and I just was on the, uh, the toll road here out in Orange County. And I just looked around. Everything is completely burned. There's still like, uh, you know, there's buildings burned. There's construction trucks. Just things are just left there. It's like a, it's like frozen in time. So yeah, it's, it's been a really rough year with the with all the different fires, and we've had almost no rain the entire year. So 
Yeah, it's it's totally been interesting. And COVID is really is uh, running wild right now here. So it's it's affecting a lot of things and your your daily life, the things that you took for granted now you, back in the day, you know, now you just you kind of appreciate those those little things. Uh, it's it's definitely been a wild ride. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well, look, I'm glad you and, and the fam are okay and uh, really excited about having you back here and, and looking forward to talking to you here every week uh, on Thursdays as we move forward with THS. So with that said, um, you know, uh, you know, and we can't, you know, we can't go out anywhere. And the NHL has 11 games on tonight for us, which is, is right. just super for hockey fans. And, and they kicked things off last night with five. I just want, I've been asking all the guys today, just your thoughts on the NHL, the NHLPA, uh, getting this league back on the ice, your take there, and uh, just what was your vibe just tuning in to any of the games last night? And what was that like for you as a hockey fan, just uh, just seeing the guys playing again? I mean, it was a blast. I, I pretty much uh, flipped through all the games. I, I paid attention to certain di- uh, games. I watched a little more. But I uh, from the time that the puck dropped between the Flyers and the Penguins, I was just, you know, I was, I was still working, so I'm listening to the game. And it was just it was thrilling. I, you know, so proud of the NHL and the NHLPA to, to get things worked out. You know, it was a little, little touch and go there for a minute, but the fact that they're back on the ice and they're, you know, bringing in money through the the ads and stuff like that. I know it's bothering people, the ads in the helmets, ads on the boards, but to me, that's just a league that's dedicated to keeping their product going, even through these tough times. So it's, it's really exciting to see. Um, and I thought the, you know, the, the quality of hockey was surprisingly good. Uh, depending, you know, considering, you know, these guys of, of, uh, you know, all the things they've gone through with quarantine and travel and the, the shortened training camps and stuff like that. I know the next couple of weeks, we'll, you know, we'll see some high scoring games, but I think it all start to settle in. But it was really exciting just to have them back out there. And I thought the overall production of the games was, was outstanding. Yeah, man, it's uh, it was just surreal for me just putting it on there and, uh, you know, I tapped into the flyers and pens there for a little bit. And then obviously touched in a little bit on the later games. Um, but there's, um, I think for all of us as hockey fans, it's like, it was a, a different flow of the bloodstream, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you turn that game Definitely. on and, and see the guys that you just love watching and, and, and playing. So, uh, it's exciting, uh, uh, to have it back and it's great to be just, uh, talking about real games and, and not hearsay and this say and stuff. So with that said, so Stevie, what you're going to do here every week with us is you're going to we're going to talk primarily about the uh, the new um, West Division, I guess they're calling it the Western the Western Division. And it's funny you used to do this with me on uh, THS uh, a few years back mm-hmm. on Yahoo Sports Radio. So uh, I, I knew you were the guy to call and and and, and to to do this because uh, you know you're right there in the in the heat of it there, no pun intended there, out in California. <laughs> Um, and, and then definitely, you know, Steve, we're definitely going to talk a little devils here too. Cause I know that's your team and, um, you know, obviously I got the range of connection here too. So we'll have a little fun with that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the segment here, but, uh, taking a look at this, uh, the games last night, obviously, uh, out West, um, you know, you got, um, you know, the blues and abs pretty much kicked things off there last night and then everything else kind of fires up tonight, but St. Louis, Anaheim, Arizona, the Kings, Minnesota, San Jose, uh, Vegas and Colorado, uh, a nice mix yes. of the, the the central, some central and some western there. But you, when you look at this, Stevie, um, just just your overall impressions of of the makeup of this division. Well, you know when they when they announced the realignment, and you know a lot of the you know attention was to the North Division, and everyone's excited for the Canadian division. Then you have the the East Division that the Devils and the Rangers are in. How tough that division is going to be, and then the the West Division was kind of considered and is considered the weakest division i mean it's very top heavy you look at you know three of the teams in that division did not were 
the bottom seven that didn't go to the bubble uh, when the, when play resumed. Um, so it's it's a very interesting in that you've got you've got uh, Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado at the top. Where everyone expects those teams to be a lock to to you know be in the top four, and then you're just going to have a, a crazy battle for that fourth spot. And you know a lot. It, to, in my opinion, it's completely up in the air. You know, you you look at the the teams that make up that the bottom five in that division, and and, and any one of them, if they go on a little bit of a run, uh, could grab that fourth spot. It's it's very interesting to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, take LA here in San Jose to start. Uh, lots of changes the last few years. Yep. Those two teams especially out in the West there, the Pacific Division have been the stars. Uh, Anaheim trying to come back here a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about uh, the Kings here and the Sharks before we touch on the Ducks here a little bit on their outlook and the makeup of the team right now heading into this 56-game uh, season. Well, when you look at uh, San Jose, obviously a down year last year, and uh, I was it was kind of surprising. That team is is still got a lot of talent on it. So they're a team that I expect to have a uh, – a rebound this year to be more competitive. You still got Brent Burns. You got a healthy Eric Carlson. You've got Mark uh, Andre Flat or Vlasic on the back end, and you've got Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture up front. The problem with them is is in goal. Uh, they've got you know Martin Jones uh, in net. They lost Aaron Dell, and they brought in. Uh, uh, this is, I'm drawing a blank right now, but they brought in the other guy to to tandem with with Jones. I like to try the other guy, Steve. Steve. I like the other yeah. guy. I think he's going to be good. <laughs> Uh, to solidify the net there. And I think that's going to be their, their, their biggest weakness. But I, I expect them to, to turn around. You know, not a whole lot of changes with that team there. Now, when you look at Los Angeles, arguably, I mean, Rob Blake has done a fantastic job turning that team around. Arguably one of the best, along with your Rangers, uh, young group of players in the entire NHL. Prospect pool in, in L.A. is outstanding. Uh, uh, Arthur Kaliev, uh, Quentin Byfield, you name it. I mean, that team is is stacked. So th- they've got some growing pains to do, but it won't be won't be long before that team is is going to be back and competitive again. It, it it may not be this year, but I expect them to have some to play some fun, meaningful games this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as um, you know, you got uh, Vegas here now in Colorado. Two monsters yeah. in the league, obviously, the last few years um, with so much uh, hype. On both of these teams, uh, you know, messing in on that is—is is that? I mean, as far as you know, the the LA teams there, with, and, and let's talk about the Ducks here real quick. You know, they've always had to compete with LA here in San Jose. You know, in the Pacific Division. Now, with you know these two monsters coming in here too, what's your take on the Ducks' survival rate this year? The Ducks are going to have a tough time. Uh, you know, they they had a. They have a lot of young players as well. You know, we all saw what Trevor Zegers did in the World Championships, or, or the, and uh, he's going to start with uh, with San Diego, which is now playing in Irvine. But um, you've you've they've still got you know their their core players with Getzloff and Henrique and Lindholm and Fowler and and um, but they also have a lot of young guys who have a lot to prove. We have Troy Terry, Sam Steele. Those guys were supposed to come in and be difference makers, and they just haven't really been all that impressive. So I think Anaheim is really going to struggle to find its footing. And I think as a result of that, you, you may see a, a guy like Ryan, Ryan Getzloff get moved at some point to, you know, he's getting to the end of his contract. He's getting up there in age. He's not really fitting in with the direction, uh, the youth movement of Anaheim. So, I you know, this is going to be a, a – a, t- a long season for them and a season of a lot of changes. So it's, uh, you know, the, 
the fans in Anaheim here, are, you know, just got to be patient with uh, with this team. But, yeah, uh, no, you know, it's you're funny. You, you mentioned Vegas. I've, I've been hearing like Ryan Getzloff in Vegas has been connected to Vegas as someone who they may want to try and bring in to help solidify the middle uh, of that team. As far as good as they are, they're a little weak up the middle. Um, and they've, they've had their own level of controversy to bring guys in, sign guys, trade guys, cap problems. They got the goalie situation. So um, that's another interesting story. I expect them to be very good, but that's just something that eventually all of this, this changeover, you know, they bring in Angelo. Uh, something's got to give at some point and it might, might catch up with them eventually. Yeah. It's a, it's there's, you know, in Vegas, it's weird, man, for an expansion team, basically, you know, three years ago, they seem to be this team now that's just, they just, they want to win now. I mean, they've come real close obviously, but it's, it's, it's for all of us watching who've been, you know, diehard hockey fans since we were kids and to see this Vegas team, which is brand new. It's like, who the hell do these guys think they are? And they're kind of like the, the New York Rangers of the 90s here, just trying to piece yep. things together, you know. Um, look, St. Louis is going to hold its own. They showed up last night against Colorado early. Um, so, you know, in St. Louis, as far as this division is going to uh, is, is concerned, they're going to be competing. They'll, they'll be uh, they'll give Vegas and Colorado a good run. Let's talk about the two other cogs here in this engine here, and that's Arizona and Minnesota. Are they just going to be dead weight here, or do you think those two teams can possibly cause some trouble for the rest of the teams in this division, especially the the big boys up top? It's tough. I, I definitely think they'll be in the mix for that fourth spot. You know, Arizona's taken a step back. They they had a little bit of a resurgence last year. They went all in to bring in Taylor Hall, and, and it just didn't work out for them. And, in fact, they actually got worse after that trade. Uh, they've had their, their on-off-ice uh, uh, difficulties in their front office and lost, losing draft picks and that kind of stuff. So I, I do expect Arizona to take a step back. They're going to have trouble scoring goals this year. Um, you know, their, their strength is going to be in net, but just the, I, the offense is going to be tough to come by and, and to hang with those, those big boys up top. Minnesota is another interesting team. Uh, Billy Guerin's trying to remake that team, but again, they're, they're an aging team. Minnesota is that team where like, they're just kind of a team in the NHL. You never, they're never really bad. They're never really good. Just kind of floating in the middle. And I expect to see that again. You know, you still got that whole, that, that cloud of, you know, Zach Parise. I thought he was going to be traded to the Islanders at some point and that that's kind of fallen off, but they may revisit that. So who knows what the makeup of this team is going to be, you know, as the season rolls along, but they, they'll be competitive and there'll be a team that's battling for that fourth spot. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, with, with the in-division play and, and playing each other so many times, who who of those teams is able to to grab the reins, so to speak, and, and be able to to put themselves above the rest? It's 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 going to be very interesting. Yeah, it, I think that's the great uniqueness about this year for us as fans and, and guys commentating, covering the uh, the league this year is is all these different uh, facets of the of you know different teams playing each other, playing each other a lot. Uh, you know, will COVID rear its ugly head? Will games get suspended more, you know, as like, you know, with Dallas right. in here? And once that starts happening to your own team, how's everybody going to react to that and so on and so forth? But uh, it should be something else. Uh, one thing before uh, we touch on the Devils here a little bit, and it's going back to San Jose. Look, I, I know it's happened to a lot of players in all different professional sports here. But when I, the Evander Kane story came across the wire the other day, I just dropped my jaw. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously, Evander's a really talented kid, a bit of a traveler here as far as Winnipeg, Buffalo. Um, he seemed to find a home there in San Jose, more than one home, obviously. But um, just <laughs> how does – I'm just blown away by it. And, and, and I guess, you know, with all the money and the bankruptcy stuff and the gambling stuff aside, 
Um, do you think he's going to be able to, to see if, the, you know, knowing that you've watched him play here in San Jose for, for a few years, is he going to be able to to to, to survive this and, and, and be a positive, productive player on this team? Yeah, it's crazy because he, he, you know, he had that reputation before he came to San Jose as, as, as bit, a bit difficult. But once he came into the locker room there, he, you know, with, with Joe Thornton and Logan Contour and Joe Pavelski, they kind of, he kind of like, uh, you know, reformed his image and became a positive part of that team. And it, it, I think it was beneficial for him. He, he kind of kept his nose clean. So when all the stuff started coming out, it was like, oh man, here we go again. Here's some of those, those problems rearing their head again. But I think the structure, the leadership group and the way that the San Jose organization conducts itself, I think it's probably the best position he could be in to get through this. I don't think they're going to hang him out to dry. I know they, they even helped him pay his bills last year, you know, some of his bills and stuff. So I, I think he's in a good position as far as organizationally. Now, as far as his career, I think he really has no choice but to just kind of focus on the sport right now and, and kind of get things straight as, as the legal things kind of work themselves out. I mean, I've got I'm, I'm praying for the guy. I hope he can he can be strong enough to pull through this. But I think he's in the right position and with the right organization to be able to survive something like this and and hopefully come through in the other end, you know, in a healthy, good state of mind and in and, and his NHL career. Yeah, man, I hope, um, you know, I mean, like I said, it's it's astonishing to see. Um, but, you know, as far as all addictions, uh, I mean, gambling and money is, is definitely a big one. And it, to me, it just it kind of reiterated, uh, you know, seeing so, it like that. And just like I said, he's a talented kid and, and hopefully he can make it through. And there's no doubt the Sharks are going to need him on the ice to be productive if they're going to have any oh, success uh, this year and going forward. All right, buddy, look, let's have a little fun before I let you go. The New Jersey Devils um, in this uh, Wild West uh, here, Wild West term, but as far as gunslingers here in this new um, <laughs> Eastern division here, Philly, Boston, Eastern. Buffalo, Devs, Islanders, Strangers, Caps, and Pens. A couple of the big boys went at it last night, but let's just focus here on the Devils, P.K. Subban, Coach Lindy Ruff, lots of changes used, the whole thing. What's your outlook on this team as far as going forward and and um, you know the, the changes that they've made here, obviously behind the bench, uh, guys leaving, guys not wanting to come there. What's what's your take on the status of your New Jersey Devils, pal? Well, when they released the uh, the final roster the other day, I was kind of joking that that's a solid ten win team. <laughs> um, it's not <laughs> it's not overly impressive. Uh, obviously, it's a team. Not necessarily in flux, but in transition, uh, going with a full-on youth movement. I think they've got something like six, seven players uh, forwards that are 22 and under um, that are that have made the opening night roster. Uh, you know, you've got Jack Hughes, who's 19, 20 years old. You've got Pavel Zaka, who's barely 24. Uh, Nico Heischer. So, I mean, there's a lot of youth in that, and a lot of things to be excited about. And they they brought in Ryan Murray. Uh, to try to solidify the defense. You got another veteran in Kulikov in there, and you got Ty Smith stepping in. I mean, there's a lot to be excited to watch. Um, will it translate in wins? Probably not, but Lindy Ruff has come in, and he's made it clear that he wants to play an up-tempo, um, fast game. And if I, you know, I've watched the, the scrimmages at the Devils broadcast, and it was definitely that. The team was up-tempo. They were moving. No one was standing around. And Jack Hughes, he added 14, 15 pounds of muscle. He went from being 164 pounds soaking wet to 180. He looks more NHL-ready. He looks more confident. Uh, teammates have remarked that his shot is better and, and stronger. He's more confident on the puck. So, I mean, nothing but positive signs. Now, with that said, they are in 
arguably the hardest division in the entire NHL. And uh, it's going to be tough to try to crack, you know, the bottom two spots there uh, to get above those. But, you know, you string a couple wins together, you never know, you get confident, you know, get a little confidence there. They obviously didn't help that Corey Crawford uh, decided to retire. Uh, that was going to be one of their strong points with, with Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford in the back end, but, uh, or in between the pipes. But uh, I, I'm just looking forward. I mean, it's been 310 days since they played a meaningful game yeah. or any game. So I'm just looking forward to seeing them back on the ice. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that's, that's the, that's a great point there as far as just devil fans and, 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 you know, all the, all the teams that didn't make the, uh, the playoff bracket there for the summer tournament, uh, getting to see your teams play here again, uh, you know, for better or for worse, uh, it's right. just great to be able to plug these guys back in and, and, and to start watching hockey again. So it's going to be a lot of fun and who knows, man, you know, a couple of teams get sick, you know, you don't want to wish that on that, but the devs might be able to sneak in there. They stay healthy and crash forward there. And, you know, you know, they're going to give the Rangers and the Islanders a lot of fun here and, and, uh, they'll mix it up. So hey, it's just, they go eight, no against the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> They go ain't no one against the Rangers, buddy. I'm getting on a plane and I will physically deliver you a case of Jack Daniels or something like that, man. <laughs> so keep that in there. Steve, you're All the right. best, man. It's so great to talk to you again and, and look forward to doing this with you every week. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Uh, you know, when I reached out to you, you said 100%. So um, love talking to you, and I'm really looking forward to doing this with you every week, man. So stay safe and healthy out there with you and the fam, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. My pleasure, bud. It was great talking to you again. You do the same, and I'll talk soon. You got it. Steve Palumbo, everybody, going to be covering the Western Division for us here on THS, and we'll do some Devil's Talk as uh, we were just joking around with there, no doubt about it. So a lot of fun. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, this is the pilot show. It's it's on the wraps. We're going to go live next week. Cross our fingers. Uh, if all goes well. Um, you'll hear some new things here uh, as far as the, the production here. i got some things uh, in the works and everything else. But uh, this is the template, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, thanks to Joe, Tab, Costa, and Stevie. And thanks to you guys for uh, listening to this pilot show uh, this week. And we hope you guys will tune in here every Thursday live, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Follow us on Twitter, at That Hockey Show, and everywhere else, Facebook, and uh, we'll be on Instagram, too. So wherever you get your info and you need to stay in touch with us, do that. And please, go ahead now. Uh, hopefully, you're listening on the downloads now. Subscribe. Uh, give us a star, two, three, five, whatever it is, and give us a review. Uh, we appreciate it. So uh, thanks so much. So from all of us here at That Hockey Show, we'll be back here next week on THS. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>